Welcome to the Humanity Matters broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. This is the podcast where we wrestle with the important question, what does it mean to be human? So if somebody is, so if somebody asked you a question, mm-hmm. what is it like to be a black woman in America? How would you respond? If so, if, if a stranger just asked me what it's like to be a black woman in America, yeah, then I would be. I don't think I would respond. Okay. Like I think I would just kind of be like, nah, like I really don't know you. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, I need to have some sort of... I need to have some sort of established relationship and or trust with you for for us to even get to that level to talk about that. Okay. So... So, so like, if you... So, like, for, for example, you just were asking me earlier, like, you know, what is it like to be a woman? Yeah. Coming, coming from you, because I know you... Yeah. Like, and because we talk often about, you know, issues in the world and whatever. Right. I'm more inclined to just be frank with you. Yeah. About my experiences as a woman. Okay. Right. But if somebody just randomly walked up to me and was like, so how does it feel to be a woman? Like, it feels like you're tokenizing me. Okay. Because we have not had any other correspondence and or conversation. Yeah prior to this even happening so it makes me feel like that's that's the only reason why you're talking to me is to get my my quote-unquote experience Mm -hmm. like as a black woman Mm -hmm. or as a woman Mm -hmm. which is only a piece of who I am Mm -hmm. and then that's it Mm -hmm. there's no where where do we go after that point like what happens after that I'm just trying to understand. I think when I'm coming to you, I'm trying to understand because people keep telling me, like, as a white person, I don't understand the mm-hmm. black experience. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, right. okay, if I don't understand the black experience, let me go ask somebody that's black. Right. But you're telling me mm, that's not the best approach. Right. So, like, I mean, I don't see, I don't see black people going around saying... What is it like to be white in America? No. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm perplexed by the white experience. So so tell me tell me about that. Okay. Right? Like that doesn't sound like what is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. In order to know what someone's experience is, in order to know them, you have to get to know them as an individual person. Uh, okay. Okay. Right? Because all black people, we don't want the same thing all the time. Right, so we have these issues that have become so pervasive that that make us feel like there's you know there's white people here and there's black people here. Okay. But people want so many different things based on who you're talking to, mm-hmm. and I might be comfortable with something that maybe a black per- another black person is not comfortable with. Yeah. And it takes knowing me to know like what that thing is. Mm-hmm. It takes knowing someone else to know what that thing is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that to know someone's experience 
they either have to let you in if they're comfortable doing that or you need to develop some sort of relationship or put yourself in a position to be around different types of people so that you can learn about that experience okay but a lot of times when i feel like that question is asked it's asked from a place of i'm not going to do the work that it takes to take myself out of being the majority in a situation right i just want i want to get your perspective because you represent all black people right Instead of me going and 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 working with a, a majority black organization, or instead of me being the the minority in in whatever work it is that you know that that they claim they want to do, it's just easier for me to ask you because as a black woman, you're going to tell me your experience, and then I can take that one experience and tote it all around. Uh, you know, my friends and around the world saying that this is how black women feel. Yeah. When like, yo, that's not true. That's how I feel. Okay. Okay. So. So you know you have you have uh, brothers and sisters who are white and they want to like get involved. Right. And they want to help change the world. They want to. Know, pursue racial justice, social justice, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they find like an organization in their town. So what would you suggest that they do? So if you're if you're looking for an organization to become affiliated with that that aligns with your values uh-huh. of justice, and racial justice, and or social justice, I think that it's important to to join and to not catch yourself trying to be in leadership. Yeah. Like right off the bat. Oh. I think it's important for you to kind of sit back, to observe, to listen, to be a helping hand, mm-hmm. um, and to make sure that that you are not taking up that space, but being a learner and a listener in that space. But I got so much I can bring to the table, though. Like, right. I feel like y'all to- need... Uh-huh. my experience mm-hmm. y'all need my skills mm-hmm. and but you're saying that I'm just supposed I'm to like sit and be quiet or no, listen I'm not saying don't bring your skill set yeah bring your skill set but don't show up being like I right, I'm getting ready to to take this organization to the next level because I'm because I'm what's needed right like mm-hmm. If you are a great organizer, if you are a great coordinator, then you can assist in coordinating events. You can assist in, you know, if you're working at an after-school program, coordinating, you know, programs for the kids. Like, you can totally bring your skill set to that environment, Mm -hmm. right? But you can't dominate that environment. Okay. So, like... Even for me, when I first became a part of Coho, before I even joined Coho, I spent, you know, a few months just learning about what you guys do. Yeah. I, you know, came and I sat at academies and I, you know, asked questions to you or, you know, to leadership or whoever. And I just got to know what what Coho was about. Mm -hmm. And then in doing that, 
right? Like I gradually became involved. And as I built more relationships, as I felt comfortable, and as leadership felt comfortable with me, then I was able to transition into more leadership opportunities. Or I was able to really, you know, step in and say like, hey, I want to make a decision about about this thing. Yeah. And I was and I was heard and my viewpoint was respected okay. because I had spent time mm-hmm. building those relationships and networking with people and talking with people. And I feel like that's natural. I yeah. mean, we do that all the time in any other arena. So like why not why not do that same thing? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's something that you're not an expert in. Mm-hmm. Then I mean, you you kind of have to listen. When we're doing nonprofit work, we're not an expert right. in the communities of Mitchellville and Eudora. We have to go there. We have to listen to what people are saying and use our skill set to help facilitate whatever it is that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? But we can't tell them what they should do because we're from different contexts. We don't, you know, live in their community every day. We don't participate um, in some of the same activities. You know, we're just there to to help them make their dreams come true. Yeah, that's good. So, like, you know, when you read different articles or books mm-hmm. written by well-meaning, mm-hmm. quote unquote, uh, white brothers and sisters who are trying to write, and uh-huh. they think they're they believe they're advocating for the cause, and it seems as if mm-hmm. you know the prescriptions they give for quote-unquote solutions uh-huh. for black people, they are divorced from mm-hmm. the input of black people. Right. Um, where do you think that comes from? Well, I think, you know, once again, I just think yeah. that that comes from... It comes from the lack of willingness to, like, truly develop relationships mm-hmm. and to understand that you know, sometimes what you need to do to to help an, an unseen community be seen or an unheard community to be heard yeah. is just be quiet and move out the way sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has it has nothing to do right with with sometimes it's not even them not having enough, them not having what you have. It's just the mere fact that like you're standing in front of them and that's not to say that you know white people joining organizations or wanting to do the right thing is not you know it's not good like it's great right but like intention does not always equal impact and if you're not ready to to build relationships to surrender yourself to the process right of, of of learning and unlearning some of the things that you've been taught or some of the things you've heard or have known to be true yeah then you know you're forever going to be stuck in this cycle of you know thinking that you're doing the right thing Uh you know when when really you're kind of hurting the situation a little bit more than what you intended yeah i think it's it's a very uncomfortable thing for Mm -hmm. someone to put themselves in a a subservient position or a Mm -hmm. humbling position where they have to be the learner, right? Um, because I think, from, from experiences I've had, um, mm-hmm. a lot of persons come to me with a solution already, 
with some mm-hmm. preconceived notions. And I think it goes back to yeah. what you said. Uh, many people believe that black people all go through the same thing. And so since they all go through the same thing and experience the same thing, then this is the the silver bullet solution that is needed. When in yeah. fact, I could tell somebody like, well, I've never experienced that before. I don't know what you're talking about. Or yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to help me. In fact, I don't know how it's going to help that group of people. Have you talked to them over there? Uh, and so, you know, for a person to say, you know what, I'm going to sit and just listen, put my hand over my mouth and not mm-hmm. offer anything because the information um, that they may receive may actually just blow their proposed solution out the water. Right. Um, right. So that's crazy. And uh, I think if you, and I think people have to think about it in the context of this is not just something that's, you know, that's required of of white people wanting to do well in the world, right? Like this yeah. is this is a this is something that we all have to commit to doing at some point in our life. So like mm-hmm. for example, I'm a teacher. Okay. And the dynamic that's already set up in the culture of schools is that I'm authority and kids listen to me. Yeah. Right? But the more you teach, the more you realize that you have to listen to your kids. Mm-hmm in order for in order for your classroom to be successful and in order for it to function right and i can bring my expertise um in in content and in delivery but i spend a lot of time thinking about what it is that works for them right and i have to be constantly responding to what it is that that they want as as kids uh-huh what what style works for them what what form of homework how I send homework home like how does that work for them I can't do that if I don't have a relationship with my kids and I'm not listening to my kids so are we missing the boat in not really contextualizing solutions for the black community say say more on that say it I said say more say more yeah um what I mean is, uh, what I typically, re- now I'm coming from black literature uh-huh. and things like that. It yeah. seems as if it's just a, um, similar to white brothers and sisters that propose solutions. It uh-huh. just seems like this is one size fits all approach yeah. that's going to address a particular issue. Mm-hmm. But when, uh, you know, like here in Arkansas, um, talking to black people in central Arkansas is a completely different and the the things that they're going through is a completely different thing than what Mm -hmm. black Arkansans are going through in the southeastern part Mm -hmm. of Arkansas Um, so I wonder um, why not pursue more Mm -hmm. contextualized solutions right uh, or trade-offs I like to say yeah um, regarding black persons in Arkansas and America uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on that yeah like I I agree I feel like there should be more conversation uh-huh. on what contextual solutions would look like mm-hmm. for people like where they are in their communities yeah because I think now so 
you know, the huge thing that we're having, like, the discussion that we're having when we're talking about race now is we're talking, you know, systems level, systems, institutions, right? And, like, that scope yeah. is, is extremely important, uh-huh. right? But at the same time, you know, what, what about these smaller issues, uh-huh. right? Like, what about these things that are happening every day? We possibly have the power to to fix locally mm-hmm. if we can get enough people um, on board and having the conversation. Like, how can we do those things? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's really why I was just talking about like relationship and listening. Yeah. Because that type of coalition building is is really what's going to help build whatever it is that you need on the ground. Yeah. To change whatever system it is that you want to change and i think that there are people that are you know coalition building that are looking at their communities and saying like okay who what people do we need to get together to do you know x thing like i i don't think that that's not not happening Happening, right right but i'm thinking about like in in literature most of what we're reading is about like these you know these big gargantuan systems mm-hmm. of prison and of you know police brutality like all of these things that are like huge 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 issues mm-hmm. um, that are going to take like a lot of time and a lot of people to really change but I am thinking about uh, I do want to read uh, Ibram X. Kendi has a new book called How to Be an Anti-Racist and okay. I want to I want to read it to see like what that what that's like and what perspective that brings because he kind of talked about how the last book that he released was super dense. And oh how, yeah, that joke was thick. Oh yeah. Yes. So you know yeah. how it was dense and he wanted to create something that could be read, you know, by the everyday person. Got it. And so I think that you know along those lines, in the same way that I'm investing myself in reading book why people that want to help they need to take time to read those books yeah to to understand like both the historical perspective you know that that people bring mm-hmm. and to just you know read about what's happening the issues that's good yeah thank you ma'am thank you phil <laughs> This has been Humanity Matters Podcast, discussing and reflecting on theology, philosophy, leadership, and nonprofits. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org, or you can shoot us an email, leave us a comment, email us at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on YouTube under Humanity Matters. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. If we remember to live in hope, We can do the impossible.